first published in 1972, widespread use of corticosteroid therapy to help reduce neonatal morbidity and mortality did not occur until about 20 years later. We now know that antenatal corticosteroids, when administered to a pregnant woman before delivery of a very premature infant, accelerates fetal lung maturation and even helps prevent neonatal mortality, respiratory distress syndrome, and even brain injury. The first systematic review of antenatal corticosteroid therapy was so influential in OB and neonatal care communities that a forest plot from that study is actually depicted in the actual logo for the Cochrane database of systematic reviews. But as of May the 19th, 2020, a new study has been released that calls into question the potential adverse effects of antepartum exposure of antenatal corticosteroids to the newborn. Chiefly, this is in regard to neurodevelopmental outcomes like mental disorders and behavioral effects. So in this podcast, we're going to cover that new article from May of 2020 published in JAMA that is calling into question the risks versus balance profile of this antenatal therapy. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practices because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Originally approved for use between 24 and 34 weeks of gestation, the ALPS trial, which is the antepartum late preterm steroid study, found benefit when steroids were given between 34 and 36 weeks. Several large trials and systematic reviews have evaluated the effectiveness of antenatal corticosteroids among women at risk for late preterm delivery. Again, that's between 34 and 36 weeks and 6 days. While these more mature infants do not experience mortality benefit, exposed infants do have lower rates of respiratory distress syndrome as well as transient tachypnea of the newborn and they receive less treatments for both conditions. Recent guidelines have recommended consideration of antenatal corticosteroids for women with threatened late preterm birth and for women undergoing full-term elective cesarean delivery. Under such guidelines, the proportion of infants who may be exposed to exogenous corticosteroids increases from less than 2% to more than 10% of all births. Of course, in medicine, you know it's never that easy. Prenatal exposure to exogenous corticosteroids is thought to be associated with some alterations in developmental programming of the fetus with downstream effects on cardiovascular, metabolic, and even endocrine functions. Some researchers have cautioned that antenatal corticosteroids may also affect neurological outcomes. Five-year follow-up of the multi-center study called Multiple Courses of Antenatal Corticosteroid for Preterm Birth demonstrated that increased corticosteroid exposure was indeed associated with increased risk for neurosensory disability among the children subsequently born at term. Small cohort studies have also demonstrated increased risk for certain psychiatric symptoms among young adults born extremely preterm who had been exposed to antenatal corticosteroids. All right, adding to the controversy is the recent publication in JAMA, again, that's May 19th of 2020, from Finland. 
these researchers followed a population-based study group of over 600,000 full-term and pre-term Finnish children born between 2006 and 2017, 2.3% of whom were exposed to antenatal corticosteroids. Nearly half of the exposed children were born at term. The authors evaluated the association between maternal antenatal corticosteroid treatment and mental and behavioral disorders in the children at a median of five years. Nested within this large cohort were about 4,000 pairs of term-born siblings who were discordant for steroid exposure. The major finding was that exposure to antenatal corticosteroids was significantly associated with increased rates of mental and behavioral disorders during childhood, both in the entire population and among children that were born at term. Furthermore, exposed children were at a median 1.4 years younger than unexposed children at the time of diagnosis of the mental and the behavioral disorder. Among term-born sibling pairs who were discordant for steroid exposure, risk was similarly increased in the exposed sibling compared with the unexposed sibling. Strengths of this study include the population cohort with less than 1% of eligible children excluded for missing data and validation of both exposure and outcome classification. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Despite those study strengths, there are some concerns that actually remain. The observational study design cannot account for confounding by indication. Some prior research has suggested that the abnormal pregnancy events that led clinicians to administer steroids also predisposed the exposed children to adverse cognitive outcomes, potentially through similar pathways of fetal programming. In other words, it's the condition that caused preterm labor and not the steroid exposure itself that can potentially lead to the altered behavior. Alternatively, after a pregnancy at high risk for preterm delivery, families may perceive their children as vulnerable and therefore may be more likely to seek care and earlier diagnosis of mental or behavioral disorders. Now, here's kind of my big issue with this study. There's also a lack of information about steroid type, dosing, and timing of exposure, which makes it impossible to evaluate how these factors modulate the effect of steroids on the developing brain. Several key messages in this study are worth highlighting. First, less than 40% of the preterm children in the study were actually exposed to antenatal corticosteroids, and the number of very preterm infants, that's defined as less than 32 weeks, who were exposed was not reported. It is possible that a significant number of very preterm children who might have benefited from this treatment did not receive it. Now, on the other hand, 45% of steroid-exposed infants were delivered at term. Now, in these infants, minor short-term benefits may have outweighed any significant long-term risks. 
These data point out both the continuing struggle to accurately predict preterm birth and the incomplete uptake of an effective therapy that is beneficial when administered to the correct patients. Continued efforts to better identify which pregnant women will deliver very early preterm are essential to ensuring that antenatal corticosteroid therapy can be targeted to those infants likely to experience more benefit than harm. Next, when the short-term benefits of antenatal corticosteroids in the late preterm and full-term infants have been demonstrated, long-term effects remain relatively unknown. In other words, this is probably the patient population that we have more flexibility with. We know that steroids helps the premature child, but the benefit-risk ratio in this late preterm study between 34 and 36 and 6 days may be less well-established and this goes against the findings of the ALPS trial. Okay, let's back down here for just a minute because that was a lot of information, but here's what it boils down to. The authors of this new study from JAMA bring attention to the increased risk for childhood mental and behavioral disorders associated with antenatal corticosteroid exposure, particularly in full-term infants. In addition, prior work has emphasized potential long-term risks secondary to hypoglycemia in the late preterm-born children exposed to this drug therapy. Current guidelines that expand recommendations for use of these corticosteroids to the late preterm and early-term deliveries should be therefore reconsidered, according to the authors, until long-term safety has been thoroughly established. So that's the big take-home. We're not going to stop giving steroids, especially in the very preterm age child, because we know that the benefit there greatly outweighs any potential long-term risks. But the issue becomes a little bit less clear a little bit more muddy in this late preterm and early term group. So as we bring this podcast to a close, here really as we bring this podcast to a close, really here's the take home message. This new study from JAMA, again in May of 2020, provides new insight into potential adverse effects of antenatal corticosteroid exposures, particularly in infants who are ultimately born full term. Obviously, we can't predict whose preterm labor is going to be real and not real because, again, our prediction models for preterm labor are just not that accurate. Although benefits of this therapy outweigh risks in the most vulnerable infants, this may not be true for all infants, especially those in the late preterm group. Recommendations to administer this therapy to broader populations of pregnant women, according to the authors, may need to be re-examined until sufficient safety data, particularly among more mature infants, are available. Now remember that the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine and ACOG have not yet commented on this new study, so we'll wait for them to do so and we'll do that podcast when that becomes available, when and if they do make a comment on this study. Well, that brings us to a wrap. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.